all rise for a thrilling, entertaining episode with high voltage, with Double A. I am your host, Double A. And yeah, we do. Uh, it's going to be jam-packed. I mean, we got sports, we got even a movie review. Uh, I, I usually just do sports. Uh, I haven't brought to you sports in a, a long while. I mean, hopefully you have enjoyed my uh, previous content with uh, the sports ethics. You also had the psychology interview. That was a good one. Uh, you also had superstitions. So I definitely do hope that you guys uh, have listened to that. And definitely, uh, if you have any comments, thoughts, reach out to me. Comment on uh, any of our social media platforms. And I might as well just say it now so I don't have to layer. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok has been brought to my attention as well as Snapchat. I'm not too techie with that kind of stuff so uh if you are looking uh, so that maybe in like 10 years when maybe it's not as much as for little kids and that's my personal opinion on that uh, but the point is is that yeah we got a ton for you and it's mostly the, i i will admit this i've been rather busy and i'm like you know what i keep, I keep pushing it back pushing it back you know we haven't gotten a whole lot of traction with sport uh, uh update but with the nfl it's warranted like the whole bunch of stuff went down as i'm talking today and you should be the first ones to hear it from me as soon as possible and i know you're going to get expert analysis you know that's what they do but i have a lot of you know interesting takes on it so let's just let's just start with the batman review just to get that out of the way and then we'll get right into sports so the batman is uh it's been 10 years since we actually seen a real Batman. I'm sorry, Ben Affleck, you don't count. And I didn't even bother watching him as the Batman. So it's been 10 years since the Dark Knight trilogy ended. And I will always say that that is going to be, if not the greatest trilogy of all time, because it, it had such a great cohesiveness, right? And the transition from the first one to the second one, and the second to the third one, the way it ended was very nice, especially with is Robin going to have his own movie, you know, I, he was very great in Inception, by the way. And I don't remember his name, but that's irrelevant in terms of what I saw the, in the Batman. What the the first thing that came to mind was that you know, it just it was it had a lot of great aspects and a lot had a lot of bad aspects. So the first thing I want to say about that is the score was awesome, and I don't typically talk about the score, but when it comes down to business. If it's quite obvious, I will mention it, and of course I did. So great job on their on their front with that. Uh, I will also say that when it comes to the romance, uh, not really. I'm not a big fan of the romance of Catwoman. I'm just not. Um, I understand it. You know, it's a nice, interesting, unique difference that you haven't typically seen uh, from the newer Batman's, but not. I'm not. I don't think that flows well. Uh, the gritty undertone, like like dark and uh, kind of like you know eerie tone, was very well done, uh, and I should say well executed because I'm going to get into why they did it. You also had the makeup, the costumes, the cast was all right. I mean, Robin Pattinson, we all know he's not a good Bruce Wayne, but he is a great Batman. I mean, Christian Bale is just Bruce Bruce Wayne. I mean, you saw him in American Psycho. And he, it, he is a very much, he's got a big ego, good looking, uh, looks like he does have a lot of money. And the way that he just conducts himself, you know, and the way that he talks. He's, Robert has just, he looks too young. And they really seem to get into the teenager-like effect of like with the hoodie, you know, the club and whatever. And that's another aspect, actually, speaking of the club, I really enjoyed. And that was 
just taken through Gotham's history, the politics, the corruption, and I know they did it through a riddle, I know they did it through a villain, and also, you know, Thomas Wayne, but I do definitely admit, for someone who doesn't really care about that world that much, it was interesting to figure all that stuff out in that movie, uh, so I'm happy that they took it in that way, uh, and I know there's other things I could talk about, you know, like, it was predictable, Batman should have died, like, four or five different times, and he didn't, uh, the movie could have ended three or four different times it didn't so the length was a little bit like a bit too much and that's not a huge concern like it it didn't drag that much the middle part you know when it comes to detective stories it's all about just getting the guy and there was there was times where that took a bit too long um and the fact that he just gave himself up you know like it you two hours and like 20 minutes and you still didn't figure it out like come on let's let's move along here you know we, we all know you're gonna get him it's just a matter of when, and he, oh, wow, okay, you finally got it, okay, we're at the 225 mark, all right, fine, um, the other, speaking of, like, the middle part, the penguin with, uh, the car chase, that was completely unnecessary, and actually kind of stupid, like, the penguin saying, like, what are, you, what are you guys talking about, like, this is Spanish, and you're reading it wrong, it's not a bat with wings, I mean, uh, a rat with wings, you guys are just stupid, and they go in and bat and look at each other, like, uh, uh, like, that was just, ridiculous that could have been avoided and the fact that you know you kill some people there's a car crash like come on give me a give me a break i almost cursed there um the point is though at the end of the day you know so again there was a lot of things that was obvious just like like a little bit forced with the joker and it's kind of obvious it's gonna be a trilogy you know there was a lot of things that felt obvious so i didn't necessarily like that and they had a lot of great aspects you know the execution was well done um the tone it was raining a lot the black makeup of uh Pattinson, all well done. But I will definitely say this, and this there's two reasons why I don't want to give it a rating. If I had to, I would say like a seven point five, right? And I, and and people are like, how dare you, sir? But I must. I don't even want to give it a rating. So I'll, let me get to that. Two reasons. Number one is going to be a trilogy. So if it's going to be a trilogy, I don't want to rate it until I see the next two. Because think about the Matrix, right? Matrix was such a great movie, but even Tarantino agrees with me. Oh, actually, more so, I guess I agree with him in the fact that the, the Revolutions and the last one, and then you could even say the fourth one, because they did do a fourth one. I don't know why, but they did. Money grabbing. That it pulled down the greatness of the first one. So this might be the best Batman in the whole trilogy, for far as I know. Uh, it might be the worst one, far as I know. I will say as a, as a prediction... That when it comes to the Batman, um, and I know we talk about it a lot about it. we're going to get to sports in one moment, maybe not one minute, but one moment. That it might have the individual best movies if you compare it side by side with Nolan, but I really don't think it's going to have its cohesiveness. Like it's not going to be together. The transition might be a little bit rough. There's a lot of different avenues that the first one does uh, that says okay, we're going to, we might take it in many different ways in uh, before we get to the second movie. But again, I'm, uh, that's just the way in which Nolan did uh, transitioning to the next movie was, I think, something that's that's not going to see, at least for Batman and maybe even Spider-Man, if they go around of a trilogy. So again, we're in the midst of a trilogy, and we should wait until everything's all said and done, until the book is written. Because I, when, I'm, when the Dark Knight trilogy came out, I wasn't paying attention to movies that much, but now I realize when a trilogy comes out, and you're waiting four years for the next movie, and then you have to wait for the last movie. Like, you just have to wait until the dust settles. And I will. 
So then the next, uh, the biggest one of why I'm not going to rate it, uh, and I know I did rate it again, and you know, that's like a, if I was at gunpoint, but I really do think that copyright infringement occurred right in front of our very eyes. I didn't realize it until like I got home and I was talking with uh, one of my buddies about it. Uh, and it was, and it just occurred to me, oh wow, you know, like this was kind of similar to this movie, and like, oh wait, a lot of the stuff was, uh, was like this movie. The director Matt Reeves said he was going to be inspired by the movie Seven. I think that there's a difference between making your own version and being inspired by something. And clearly, he made his own version of Seven, which I have to admit is financially smart because people of today know how great that movie is. And, and I'm not sure how well it did uh, in the box office in 1995. So it's been 27 years since that movie came out. And also, you might even have to say it, it's going to it's going it's going to be it, it's going to be very it's, so, it's going to be very difficult for someone to realize. Oh yeah, you know you're copying Seven. I do really think uh, maybe copying is a, such a strong word because then you plagiarize and you could sue. I do really think it's beyond inspiring. Okay, like if you, I don't know what the scales are, but you have copy on one end and you have inspiring on the other end. I think it's got to be more so leaning towards copying, and it's a shame. I'm, I'm, it's again, it's smart. No one's going to realize it. I'm, I might be the only one. I think that makes me actually, you know, quite unique, and you got to give me some credit for that. But at the end of the day, you're talking about 27 year difference. You're talking about Batman being a detective. Like, you, that's who he is. My friend told me that. Because, again, I'm not huge into the DC Marvel Universe. I, that's La La Land to me. And so the way in which he, he copied Seven was with the making Riddler be the main villain. And, again, Penguin was just a side topic, okay? He's going to be more relevant later on. I understand that with the gangsters and what have you. The main villain was Riddler, just like Kevin Spacey was the main villain. Uh, and he had motive to do good in a not so good way so they both killed people kevin spacey and the riddler for uh, and each time they did there was a clue to the batman spacey did it religiously and the riddler did uh, did so religiously once and that was of course since of my father literally it's on the wall like matt Reese is telling us yeah i copy sense the literally the writing is on the wall for us uh you so it's almost like the seven deadly sins each of those clues to the batman um you have two detectives in seven same thing with with the Batman, um, with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt being the Batman and Gordon being um, Morgan Freeman. You also have that, that tone that I was talking about, the underground, gritty, dark, um, heavy. That was also the same in 7, also taking place in New York City. Not surprised about that. Uh, you also had the ending of seven was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you know, Batman didn't even come close to that. The middle dragged. I will admit, with seven it was mediocre until the ending. You also have I'm trying to think, not not uh, space. Uh, Sp- Spacey gave himself up. So did the Riddler. Like you know, like he was like waiting for police. Uh, and, and 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 Spacey literally went to a police station to uh, confess somewhat confess and then he you know what happened at the end you should really check out some if you didn't my only worry uh, with the whole thing is just that people are not going to appreciate seven because they seen it through batman if you know what i mean like i want people to see seven because it's one of the i think it's the best ending of all time but seven might get its popularity now because batman you know imitated it and i don't like that i don't again i think it's smart 
by Reeves. Like, if, if you're going to copy a movie and, and, and it's going to be superhero and there's going to be some action, in which there was with, with Seven, I mean, you had the chase, just like with the Penguin, you had a car chase. Uh, Spacey, you know, you get to the guy in the, in the apartment, and of course, a chase ensues. But at the end of the day, I just I, there was just so many similarities. I'm like, you did not do this on your own. It was not original. It's not that much authentic. I'm just, you should be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself, Mr. Matt Reeves. You really should be. Now, the trilogy is still going to be great because Bra- Batman is a dynamic franchise. Mostly, I re- uh, really do give a lot of credit to Nolan for doing that. Um, but it is an abomination for people to say this is already the best Batman of all time. Just wait a second. Okay, just wait a second. If you really haven't seen Seven, then you're doing yourself a disservice. If you have seen Seven and you're still saying that, then you should be ashamed of yourself, not just Freeze. So there's, there it is, uh, copyright infringement, uh, a future trilogy, and just a whole... It did live up to the hype. It did. Uh, I was even excited for it because when it comes down to it, I don't see movies and theaters that often. And this one, I must admit, you know, was a big blockbuster. And I don't do that for Spider-Man because there's just too many Spider-Mans acted by McGuire, Garfield, um, the Spider-Verse guy, Miles, which is a cartoon, and, of course, Tom Holland, which he might be a little bit too small for my likening of who Spider-Man should be. But the point is, is that if you haven't had a chance to see the Batman, I totally recommend out, uh, check it out. Um, it, there's a whole lot of thematical effects that you should really see. It is, again, predictable. I know that. I know a lot of things should have happened to the Batman that didn't. But I do definitely encourage people. And I don't know why you would be against DC. You know, it's just a movie, right? Um, like, oh, I'm for Marvel. Like, no, stop it. Get some help. The point is that that's it. My Batman review. And now we're going to go on to sports because I was way longer than I thought. And maybe it's because I'm too passionate about Seven. Like, again, it was very much in my top 25 um, greatest movies of all time. If you have not seen that episode with me, Scott, and Greg, you should get check that out. And by the way, those two had near birthdays uh, around the time of uh, beginning March, late February. Happy birthday to them, of course. Now, we get to sports, and I want to just get into um, just... I was going to do, like, you know, March Madness, just, like, guesses, you know, uh, but we haven't seen the seedings yet. Uh, I don't. I haven't followed that much college basketball to, to even have a guess like who's going to win the championship. I mean, if I were to guess, I would just say Gonzaga. They have they've been very inconsistent. Haven't looked that dominant. I know Jalen Suggs is now with the Magic, and and, and Timothy I think is a senior uh, that was a senior, so he's not there anymore. But they should be fueled by not winning last year, by running out of gas and losing to Baylor in that championship. If I were to put some money. And I don't know who the betting favorite is to win March Madness, but I will say if I had some, I I would I would do it uh, I would I would do it on um on Gonzaga. And again, motivation is big. I would definitely um you know I, I guess Baylor you could argue you know has motivation to um uh, to win uh, uh, to to repeat. But yeah, Gonzaga is the favorite, I, and I just searched it right now. Uh, they're at plus two ten. And yes, we will get into betting. I mean, of course. Uh, and I guess that's a good segue, actually. So definitely check out college basketball right now. The conference tournaments are happening right now. Uh, but the tournament itself has not happened yet. It goes to April. So it should be March, April madness. But I understand, you know, for marketing purposes, it doesn't sound as great. Uh, but yeah, so let's get into some NFL news. I mean, speaking of betting, uh, Calvin Ridley suspended for the year for betting on his team. I feel like... 
it's kind of like, you know, the NFL is in bed with the sports books. Uh, a player bets on the games, it ruins its integrity. It's a rule, so you have to enforce the rule. I get it. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of, like, the rule. Like, there should be certain stipulations of, like, the players should, uh, like, if the player is on, you know, the IR or, uh, in his case, away from football, you should be allowed to bet f- uh, for your team or, I it's a, it's a slippery slope, so I don't even want to say that. The point being is that I feel like it's a bit harsh. Like, it really needs to be, you know, a little bit more specific in terms of, you know, I, uh, insider trading happens all the time. Inside information, uh, when someone's be- uh, when someone bets, happens all the time. So I, uh, I don't know. The NFL is just a little bit hypocritical. I mean, you you suspend this guy for a year, but yet someone with domestic violence uh, gets suspended for only four games, not even most of the time. You also have the you know the Flores lawsuit. You are blaming him, or you're trying to deflect blame. But yet you are harsh on betting when you know they're you you're together with the sports book. I'm just it just leaves a, a stale taste, a really bad taste in my mouth. And I think the punishment is appropriate because again, I, I heard on radio you know uh, John Ritchie, one of uh, um, with Joe DeCamo, you know I follow those guys. He's in the locker room and he was in the locker room, John Ritchie and. It's all it's plastered all over the locker room, and it still is today. Or they or they tell you the coaches, or they 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 bring you in meetings. Don't bet because they do really care about the integrity and the brand of their sport. And so I understand if you break a rule, just like drinking. If you are not twenty one, you are not allowed to drink. Is that a super rule? Yes, it is because Europeans. You know, I think it's like seventeen, eighteen, maybe sixteen. But you have to follow the rule. And if you break it, then it's there's going to be a punishment. It's going to be enforced. So a year is fine. I mean, at least it wasn't two or three or four. Because it, it, maybe if it was for like 10 or 12 games, I would have been fine with that too. But I'm just like, you're betting on your team. You've been away from them for at, at least a week. So you don't have that much inside information. But I understand the slippery slope argument. I, I, I just kind of... You know, I, at some point, it, like 10, 20 years from now, this is going to kind of be looked at as a little bit silly, I think, because, you know, it, we're just going to be more and more into gambling, more and more use of it. And maybe even there might even be some future law saying, you know, on certain circumstances, players can gamble. And you can't go against your team. You have to be away from your team. You have to be for your team. And you can't talk to anybody, you know, if, if there's like a coordination between. Uh, you and a teammate so like let's say if he, if he was talking to Kyle Pitts like hey you know I, I want to get the under we can make a little bit of money I need you to drop some balls like that's a problem you know that ruins uh, the chances of the Falcons winning the game uh, and, and it might not it might they might lose in a blowout or might win in a blowout but still like you need to have everyone trying their best 100% of the time and I can understand betting can interfere with that but if if Calvin really is bored and wants to just be a citizen and gamble on a game that he has no connections with. Let's say this the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. He should be able to bet on that game. So I, with within his team, I understand the conflict of like, yeah, he can add, contact his teammates. But as far as I know, uh, he was just being stupid, you know, just on his phone using his real name, and he plays a fifteen hundred wager on a parlay and he lost. So like. 
he could have been a little bit better uh, or a little bit sly. Say like, hey, you know, can you can you place a bet for me? I'm a little bit bored right now, and I want to get I want to see what this betting is about. Like these guys are human beings too, and if they want to bet, that's fine. If they want to have a gambling addiction, that's fine. But and I'm not and I don't encourage that. But of course, with me, if you step into the mud, you, you're it's going to get slippery, and you're bound to fall. So I, with with me. It's again stupid on his part. He knows the rule. He knows he did something wrong. He admitted it, and he's going to face the punishment now. Over eleven million dollars, he's forfeiting. So he should have found different things to do. Maybe read. I don't know. Um, but again, like I said, the NFL should not be in the clear here. They are hypocritical, and mostly they are I, them and the NCAA. The NCAA is technically a nonprofit. <laughs> we all know they're not. Um, but that was just my one thing I want to get off my chest. Um. Brian Flores, he goes to Pittsburgh. Just a little bit of a side note, I just wanted to mention. That happened a while ago. Uh, he's a defensive assistant, which is a little bit sad. I thought, you know, he might have had a chance to, like, get a coordinator position or, you know, like, a better position. It, no way he would have been a head coach. But at least he's still in the NFL. And the Steelers, you know, don't mind um, hiring diversity, especially, you know, Mike Tomlin. They might hire Lewis Riddick now, I heard uh, rumblings. Or, or, and I, you also even have broadcasting rumblings, as far as I know. So definitely search those. Cause I, I'm not huge like broadcasting. I don't think it matters so much to me in terms of like what I want to get through to you guys. But yeah, Brian Flores goes to Pittsburgh. I just wanted to let you guys know he is still employed by the NFL and he's still suing them. And I think it could enhance his case a little bit. The fact that he was a head coach, he did well. Um, one game over 500 with a decimal franchise. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. A, a weird slash was he going to be rookie quarterback and now second year quarterback he's going to be a third year quarterback you know but you know what I mean he's not that great at least not yet to a Bonilola um then you then you have you know you have moves within the NFL uh with the Cowboys releasing Amari Cooper that should be huge now he's entering um unrestricted free agency and there was a lot of wide receivers um, you know, that were available. Devontae Adams was available. He got the franchise tag. Um, if you did not know that, then yes, he did because, uh, and I'm going to get to that in one moment. Uh, you also had a lot of tight ends. But but again, let me get back to that. So the Cowboys released Cooper in part because Dak uh, had a high cap number. He should be courted by many different teams, and he is a fabulous wide receiver. Maybe not like elite, but he's definitely, watch out for him, and maybe even the Eagles can swoop in and Say, like, you know what? Cowboys have not done that well here, but we really do need a wide receiver bat. If he wants to prove a contract, then, then yeah, we should bring him on a board and not worry about drafting another one uh, and replace that Rager guy because he's not great. But, yeah, like I was saying with uh, Rodgers uh, and the Packers, he stays. Uh, we don't know the terms of the contract. You know, four years, $200 million was floated around. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, he says, you know, I have not agreed to a contract, I have not signed a contract, you know, but I have agreed to come back to the franchise. So I will get into the franchise tags because that gets into Devontae Adams. So the move with Rodgers for me, as a former Packers fan, um, I need to just see it doing the playoffs. Like, Rodgers was a playoff guy, and the Packers let him down. McCarthy with terrible play decisions against the Seahawks and also Brandon Bosick, um, when it came to, you know, dropping the offside kick. That was just a horrendous uh, tragedy, a hor- like a horror movie, that, that game against Seattle, which then, of course, they lose to the Patriots on the interception by Russell Wilson. Uh, you also had, you know, you, ha- you had great runs 
with um they for the most part i will uh, also the cardinals game he was amazing with that hail mary uh just the defense just did not support him and of course the overtime rules did not give him a chance uh and also you know also with the seattle game i was just talking about the overtime rules did not give him a chance uh but steadily since that cardinals game and that seattle game i, I think the cardinals came came a bit later He's just not been a great playoff quarterback. I mean, he's been very great in the regular season. He has four MVPs. I, I, mean, I, I actually would argue he didn't deserve this last one because up to his standards, he wasn't as great as the season before when he won um, his third MVP. Tom Brady could have won the MVP. Jonathan Taylor could have won the MVP. Cooper Cup could have made an argument, and, and, and uh, T.J. Watt. But when it came to business, you know, he did not do great. In the weather in which he's supposed to, good, uh, to, uh, supposed to be good in, against the 49ers he was not great I didn't even watch that game and and I just know from his stats like you you scored an opening drive touchdown you only managed to get um three points and a missed field goal so at most you could have gotten 13 which would have only tied the game and that's just ridiculous what else are you doing with your possessions he's not that much of a turnover guy I know that that still stays the same in the playoffs but there's a difference between not turning the ball over and not getting um conversions on uh, for first down and he just he's just, he's just not the same efficient guy um it's kind of it's really sad actually maybe he gets tired um uh, i don't know i mean maybe the buys are not a good thing uh, the, when he did win the super bowl he was young and he went through the wild card weekend i don't know what to say i i mean it, the the packers keeping him i really felt like he had no choice which of course you know now they're going to have to trade Jordan Love, in which I would actually recommend a team that's thinking about drafting a quarterback. The only good one I heard is Malik Willis, who helped himself during the combine. Uh, and I'm not going to go into the combine really at all because you know you probably have heard enough with like the 40 times and you know with the throws, the hand size. Uh, when it comes to combine, at least to me. There's not that many great guys you hear that much. Like Brandon Cooks was a standout, and he's like, oh, all right, a little bit above average. Byron Jones, and you could argue he's a little bit overpaid right now. I mean, lack of interception. There's there's just not that many like standouts because of the combine, you know. And so I don't put that much investment in the combine personally. Um, I mean, you can have great guys be in the combine, but do they actually do well? It doesn't happen. It, it, there's not. There's. It's not a strong correlation. It's really what I'm just saying. Uh, but for the Packers, I just hope he wins one more. I, I really do think last year was um, his best chance, and the fact that he's just getting older, he, he might get more injured. The O line, his cap is going to rise. I have a bad feeling that he's just not. Uh, I think Buffalo's. It's going to come, and they're going to take that that Lombard trophy at some point so you're gonna have to go up against them and that's gonna be tough that's honestly not gonna be easy uh, and I would definitely just say you know you gotta be careful um, time is running out for him to win another one and again with Jordan Love you there's first round pits that get wasted all the time I mean think about Josh Rosen Jalen Rager it happens so you could trade him for like a third fourth Maybe, maybe most likely going to be a fifth round pick, but a team really should take a flyer on Jordan Love. I really do believe that. I mean, you can hold him to be the backup, but he still has only played one game. You'd rather have someone experienced, you know? It's kind of like the Jimmy Garoppolo situation I heard. Like, the fact that he only played four games when Brady got suspended, and then he went to the 49ers, and they were able to get uh, a second round pick, in which that's the round that they took Jimmy Garoppolo, the, uh, the Patriots. 
And so with Jordan Love, I doubt they're going to, uh, they're going to get a first-round pick. But they should. Some teams that there's going to be a boatload of quarterbacks that are going to switch teams, and a lot of quarterbacks that need a quarterback. I'm wondering, you know, if you're not impressed on these quarterbacks, what about Jordan Love? I mean, I I think he's. I would think he's more positive. He's learned under Rodgers, and now he just needs to play. We we don't know exactly if he sucks or he doesn't. People say he sucks just because of the one game in Kansas City. The guy was a rookie in his utmost rookie moment. I mean, that's when you're most vulnerable. And we don't know how he how he reacted to that. Why? Because he didn't play another game since. So I would give Jordan Love a chance on another team, whether that may be Washington. Um trying to think of like really bad like, you know, like really desperate like franchises. Um the, I was thinking about Jacksonville. They already drafted Trevor and and so did the Jets. <sighs> Zach Wilson. Is is he going to be a really good quarterback? We'll see. I, don't, I yeah, I, the Giants maybe. I mean, I, I know they want to run back Daniel Jones, which is stupid, but whatever. Uh, the point that I should I should just move on is really the point. Uh, with the Packers and we'll see with them. They they they're still going to be on top of the uh, NFC. And if Brady actually does retire, you know, then the NFC South were up for grabs. Do the Saints make a play? That definitely is all up for grabs. A lot of uh, musical chairs going to happen. Uh, but let me just run down um, the franchise tags I was just talking about with Devontae Adams. Um, Orlando Brown stays with the Chiefs. Um, the, the, and also just letting you know, long-term deals can be made. Uh, but the, the but because the, t- the tag deadline was was set at 4 p.m. Tuesday, then it's, it gives them a little bit more time to come to an agreement or that's the cap hit that they deal, which for Brown was almost $17 million. The Najoku of the Browns. I, I that this was uh, so the Brown I uh, was obviously this one. I feel like you could have gotten another um, tight end for cheaper. He's okay. He doesn't really stay on the field that much. So I don't know why they did. I know there's going to be a lot of tight ends available, or at least you know there was a lot that was tagged. So I'm not a huge fan of that one. Jesse Bates. I don't know a lot about him with the Bengals. Stays there for 13 million under the tag. Gasecki almost 11 million. That's a that's a formidable tight end right there. Uh, they ha- they don't have that many weapons other than Judy, not Jerry Judy Waddle, so they definitely need to keep him. They did. Hopefully, they can get an extension. Uh, also, Schultz. So they they uh, the Cowboys release Cooper. They're probably going to bring back Gallup, and and he has to be healthy first because he did end the season with um, an, an injury. But Schultz, they had to bring back too. He's definitely part of their plans, and he's definitely cheaper than Cooper, eleven million compared to twenty million. Uh, Cam Robinson tagged for the second time. That tag goes up from twelve to now seven, almost seventeen million. Uh, he stays with Jacksonville, and of course Devontae at twenty million. We'll see if they can get an extension. He wants like you know he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver, and there was a little bit like you know a little bit um, of a gap between the two. So that's definitely going to be interesting where they fall. Um, trying to figure out a contract, and I think with Rogers staying there, that the Adams has really no choice because you know they they're. They, they, they still haven't won together a championship. Devontae hasn't won there. So I really do think, uh, and he's the best quarterback in the league, and Devontae should be with him. And hopefully they get a wide receiver too. Uh, I know they don't have that much cap space, but they got to think of something. Uh, and and maybe it's not just through the draft because Amari Rodgers is just okay. So I'm not sure really what you're going to get in the back half of the first or second round. But uh, Chris Godwin stays with the Buccaneers, so we'll see how he bounces back with uh 
with his injury, that tag's almost almost the same as Adams. It's a million less, so it's like nineteen million. Uh, and yeah, that's really yeah. Those are the guys that got tagged. Uh, but the bigger news, though, however, was um, Russell Wilson. Oh man, this was huge. This was absolutely like a, like a, not too surprising. Like like the fact that Russell Wilson got traded, but the tr- the trade was huge though. Uh, and I'm and I actually will admit that Seattle actually has a chance to win this trade. Um, because the Broncos, they finally get their quarterback. They've been they had the defense in place for a while. Of course, they will place Vanjie before this trade happens. Of course, so we'll see. Does the does the former Packers offense corner is he ready to be a head coach? Which then really dictates uh, how well do the Broncos do? In which I think they have a fine roster now, but they did give up a, some fine pieces in Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. So the good guys there. I mean, Drew Locke. So Seattle's definitely in the market for a quarterback now. I'm not sure they'll win. If I'm not sure if they'll win now mode, but maybe they're like Detroit, where you know what, we'll give Jared Goff a chance. You know what, we'll give Drew Locke a chance. This guy was drafted pretty high. Drew uh, Drew Locke, kind of like Derek Carr, high second round pick. Uh, high second round pick. Uh, when it comes to you know Jared Goff being the first overall pick, you know we should definitely give this guy a chance and see what happens. Well. Seattle didn't really have that much of a choice. I mean, it's not like they were going to bring in Teddy Bridgewater, but they got, they got options. Uh, if they want to win, maybe James can be that guy, or if they want to maybe just uh, like rebuild for one year, how they're going to discuss that with DK Metcalf and, and Lockett, because if you were going to rebuild, you might as well get a better draft pick. I mean, you're not going to win the division with the 49ers, Cardinals, and Rams in there, so you should say, hey, you know what, how about you take a rest every other week or whatever, and we'll still pay your form out, maybe, use something along those lines, but the thing that really got to me was the fact that uh, Noah Fant's gone, so Wilson still has good weapons there, they got young wide receivers in Jerry Judy now, so now that's the second reference in this episode, uh, you also have, um, not Hamilton, um, uh, Sutton, Cortland Sutton, and you have and you have one more guy, um, a, another young guy, but they're, they but they can easily sign someone too. They probably don't, they probably have some cap space. Uh, but I also can't forget to mention that they give up the ninth overall pick of this of this draft, fortieth uh, overall of this draft. Um, they give up a fifth round pick of this draft, and then they give a twenty twenty three first round pick, a twenty twenty three second round pick. So they give up in total five different picks. Um, and and the Broncos also get a fourth rounder in 2022, as well as Wilson. So this definitely makes Denver. They're not going to win the division. I mean, you got the Chargers and you got the Chiefs. I will say this now: the Raiders are going to be in last place. There's no question about that. Um, maybe the Chargers are you know inconsistent, kind of like average. They just re-signed Mike Williams for three years, sixty million. So that that offense is still going to be intact, and that's a great deal for him. I felt like it was. A, the Chargers overpaid him a little bit. Uh, I don't need to get into that deal too much. He's a boom or bust kind of guy, and he definitely boomed in his contract year, and unsurprisingly so. But when it comes to Denver, Chiefs, I think, are going to win the division, or the Chargers. Maybe the Broncos do if, you know, Mahomes or uh, someone really important gets injured or they're a little bit in a funk. But I definitely see Denver as a, as a wild card. No question about that. I see them as a wild card. Um, and. I know they've had a lot of quarterbacks. They finally found their guy, and it's weird that it's with Wilson because, you know, he beat them in the Super Bowl. Um, the only quarterback in history to start for a team in which you beat the team uh, in the Super Bowl. So that's very, you know, just a huge trade. 
I, I have to admit, it's it was it was awesome to see a blockbuster and just a whole lot of NFL today, just in general. It, 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 I, hopefully, there's hopefully there's more when it comes to free agency, and then you're going. I'm going to have a mock draft. Uh, unfortunately, NFL.com would predict the pick. I was not able to do it yet, so you should you should have your own mock draft and not just listen to me and my mock draft. Definitely do your own. It's definitely awesome to be a GM of 32 different teams, or maybe because now you got this trade. And and Howie owning like two other teams as first round picks, you know you're you're like twenty nine or thirty different teams with thirty two different picks, uh, but yeah, so that's the news right there. You know, Cowboys releasing Cooper. You had the franchise tags all over the place. Rogers stays. Wilson goes to Denver. He stays in the West Coast, which again it opens up the NFC because you know there's so many playoff spots and not that many great playoff quarterbacks. Uh, in that conference, and with Kyle Murray, we'll see. I mean, it looks pretty bad right now in Arizona, and he doesn't—he hasn't made uh, a great impression, at least pu- uh, publicly, when it comes to you know his negotiation with uh, the Cardinals. So that should be very interesting to see what happens there with um, with the Murray Cardinals negotiation long term. Oh, I'm a great quarterback, I deserve that kind of money, and and the Cardinals like we still have you under the contract for two years. Who's going to blink first? And I could definitely see Murray holding out there. Let's transition over into baseball now. What's really been going on is nothing. Uh, you've had the lockout continue on now for almost 100 days, and it's killing the sport. I really do believe that when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, that they're not talking a lot about changing the game, and it's just, oh, finances, millionaires, billionaires, you know, we want um, we want a longer free agency. Uh, we want more money in the arbitration pool. You know, things I probably brought up on this show before, and I will admit this actually. Uh, I am for the players, even though, of course, I understand that when it comes down to the owners, are not going to just give in that easily. They never do anyway. So I will definitely say that they're not going to make a deal anytime soon and with the them not having a deal done last night then of course you're going to have no baseball for the first week and second week of April so that is just it's just an abomination man that they are and actually before I even finish that sentence I'm going to cut myself off here they don't even have baseball people negotiating these deals. You're, you're talking about business people running these negotiations. They do not care about the fans that much. The players, of course, have that in mind. But over the longest time, you could even say hundred year, over 100 years, they've been screwing over the players. Uh, you could, I, I, Of course, it's over 100 years. I was thinking about saying oh, maybe over 200 years. They've been screwing the players over since the reserve clause. And the players feel like this is now the time to get it right. They're willing to forego salary for that. Now, the major league players are able to do that. Um, if, if you had a minor league player just join a major league roster at the end of last season, or maybe even halfway through it, they might be in trouble. Because I know minor league players do not earn a whole lot of money. And at least there is still a minor league season. So that is actually one suggestion that if you are someone who loves baseball, if you want to uh, go on strike and not watch baseball, go for it. I mean, you 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 have your first amendment rights, and this show always stands up for those that want to go for their first amendment rights at any 
point in time. Now back to the program. Uh, do you, if you if you want to watch college baseball, yeah, I totally recommend it. I mean, even for my work, I watch college baseball. Uh, minor league baseball has not started yet, but once it does, I'll probably watch some. You know, like um, you go up to Allentown, see uh the 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 uh, Lehigh Valley pits, or drive up an extra two hours, go to Scranton, where the Yankee uh, Wilkesbury. Um, I forget if they're like the trains or whatever, but they they play too. Uh, and also Delaware, you know, you have the the uh, the Blue Hens or the Blue Rocks. Definitely go to different stadiums and check those places out. It's only, it's family oriented, and one of my professors said, you know, it's it's an atmosphere like no other, and it, it really is. Uh, and I definitely do recommend that if you go to baseball games, maybe you're a season ticket holder, check out the minor leagues, uh, and maybe even you want to check out a college game. I've been to one um, because my friend goes to St. Joe's. Go for it. I mean, it's still baseball. Uh, unless you want to get a bunch of friends and you say, oh, yeah, let's be like the Sandlot. Let's play baseball. Then you might as well watch baseball. Uh, or you could easily just check out highlights or even check out this new YouTube channel that I'm checking out, Foolish Baseball. Again, just watch anything baseball. Don't let it, like, go over your head um, just like a, like a good joke. Like, really get down to, if you really love baseball, don't let MLB say, Either you watch us or you don't watch any baseball at all. Like, you control the content. And you should really say to yourself, do I really want to watch baseball? It is around baseball time. Okay, great, I do. Then what should I watch? You have a plethora of options, a plethora. So you can watch KBO, actually, if you find it somehow on the internet. That's another option. There's many out there, and I definitely encourage you not to be spiteful. Okay, I've done an episode about that before. And I totally do recommend that you find your inner passion. It's not like turning a blind eye. I'm not saying that. You should still be mad at baseball. And it's not going to be 162 game season. I, I, I would be surprised if it's, if it's around 140. Like, I would not be surprised if the season actually was just 100 games. And there's a chance that there's no baseball at all. There's a chance. There's a puncher's chance of that happening. So if I'm you and it's April 1st, Definitely tune into this podcast. I mean, no question about that. Uh, if you want me to, like, you know, act like an announcer, a ground ball to third base. Uh, Scott Rowland, he throws the first to, I don't know, Andrew Jones. He gets the guy out. And I bring up Andrew Jones because on ESPN, they bring up his son, Drew Jones, is the number one prospect, in which that tells you how great his dad was. And his dad's a Hall of Famer, and I've been through that already. I have tons of his autographs because I did love him as a kid. And he's a defensive guru. I think well, I think the best defensive center fielder, backed up by analytics of all time. But that's neither here nor there. The Hall of Fame is, you know, is another topic for another day. We could, that could that deserves an episode actually. But the point is, not just not just as the fan, but as someone who follows MLB. And someone who wants to get into MLB, I mean, maybe not as a whole career, but I want to see what it's like, you know, behind the scenes, and uh, and just want to see. That's really a big challenge. Uh, to to the like, you do not, uh, you do not have any leeway to mess around, and you gotta be on your A game all the time. And even if you, even if you, have, even if you mess up, you gotta be on your A game. So you gotta learn from it quickly. So I, I still do want to be in MLB. I don't know how. I know um, one of my friends, Mark, is you know with like like uh, promotions or whatever, I don't necessarily like count that for for me. But he at least he's in the ballpark, you know, free free he sees the games uh for free. Uh and that's you know really cool to work at a ballpark. But again, we're not they're not going anywhere right now. So if you really think like oh a deal's gonna get done soon, just keep wishful thinking. Alright, just keep 
wishing and it's not going to happen. Let me just tell you that. Let me be the bearer of bad news. It's unfortunate, but that's just what it, 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 it's, it's, it's just negotiation. And uh, you're dealing with people who don't like baseball. Even the commissioner, actually, I heard, doesn't is not a fan of baseball. And if you're dealing with people who are deadlocked to the ground in the trenches, you're, they're going to they're going to come out at some point because of course you know they have lives but it's going to take a long time and you gotta be patient and if you don't want to be patient that's where you go to other options right Canadian football or the uh, the or the uh, the National Spring Football League those are alternatives there are definitely alternatives for everything in life and and so that's why I brought all that up with baseball and I would definitely recommend you checking that out because if you really want to follow the lockdown news every day you're going you know pluck your hair out and maybe even pluck your eyeballs out because it is going to be painful and you're going to suffer and I don't want that on anyone's behalf uh, but at least they did talk about the pitch clock uh, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up the pitch clock is big uh, when a runner's not on base it goes to 14 seconds and if the runner's on base is 19 seconds because when you, when it comes down to it, in between innings and in between at bats, there's a lot of time that's wasted because they just take their good old time. You know, the batters step out of the bat, supposed to adjust the gloves. The pitchers they shake the catcher off, or they step off the mound, or even pickoff attempts. You know, takes up a lot of the time. And for me, I'm all for speeding the game up as long as it doesn't interfere with the heart with the root of baseball. Like, don't tell me, it, like, I heard this one caller on radio, like, oh, yeah, the, the extra innings should be a home run derby. Like, what? <laughs> no, no. Some people don't even like the home run derby. Anyway, um, you also had, you know, banning the shift. Why are you telling teams what to do, you know? What does that have to do with speeding up the play? And I know, of course, you know, now, now I'm getting to more stuff like, you know, the strikeouts are up, home runs are up. Um, no, not that much bunning, you know, now you have the universal DH, so, um, and, and at least the 10th inning, the guy on second base promotes bunts, actually, if you think about it, but when it comes to the clock, all I really care about is that the players are aware of it, and they're like, you know what, let's, let's build new routines, because these fans should not be in the ballpark for four hours, or a playoff game should not be five hours in a 10 inning game, okay, like each, if a game's supposed to be on average, like around three hours, and it's a nine-inning game. That means that when it comes to three innings, it's supposed to be one hour each uh, for each three innings. And if you cut that down into thirds, that means each inning that's completed should take up 20 minutes. So if that's the case, then you have to. You, it's you don't have to like stick by it each and every time. You can have one, two, three innings. I'm uh, like, oh wait, that's not 20 minutes. That's more like 15 minutes. Yeah, of course. And I know you need to have commercials involved unfortunately but you do uh just a wave you know how they make money but the point being is that you you want to be cognizant of that now because you baseball is is dying it, it, it those things the pitch clock and other things that you know make up um the length of the game being longer is killing the sport like people don't want to stay up more than three and a half hours or they don't want to stay up even more than than of course four hours even for a playoff game. So you have to you have to be aware that when you're boring people out, you're going to eventually that eventually is going to uh, bore the kids out. And if you bore the kids out, you're not going to have that much of a promising future. And the only way you're going to keep the game alive is through the sons 
and daughters of those who formerly played, and that's not going to be a whole bunch of people. So baseball has a real problem 50 or 60 years from now. And they're, they're like, oh, you know, we don't really care about that right now. You know, we're just focused on this lockout in the, in the present. No, you should be marketing yourselves currently, short-term, and long-term. So they're doing a bad job with that. And internationally, they could do better too. Uh, and I know Mike Trout doesn't want to get marketed or some players don't want to get marketed. They need to market those players. LeBron is known because they market him very well. And I know it's a player-oriented league, and it's not like, you know, I, I want players to stomp on their feet and get it their way. Like, I don't support that. But I will definitely argue, again, that baseball needs to step up in trying to target the kids because the kids is the future. And the more you can have the kids, the more likely that you're going to have a successful future and not worry about people saying that, oh, the game's dying. Like, you have to worry about things like that instead of, of course, money, which unfortunately is part of the game. But unfortunately, fans don't care about that. They just want to see the product, and they want to see it in the best way possible. And and you have to try to appease everybody. And when you appease nobody, that's a big issue. Um, Jeter also leaves Miami. That's, like, you know, a little bit of, like, a sub-note. I will definitely say, you know, not that much of a difference. I mean, he wasn't really great in Miami. He literally helped the Yankees with the Stanton trade. They didn't give up all that much uh he pulled off a few trades you know but i think the Mars are gonna be fine they're not like a big franchise to worry about anyway so not that much much to do about nothing uh but i did want to bring up a little bit with the with the settlement with the women uh getting a little bit more towards equality when it comes to men's football uh soccer we call it in this in this country um yeah i i, I feel like i i feel like the deal could have been better uh, but at least they, at least U.S. Soccer. Hopefully they, you know, keep up with it. They made a commitment, you know, towards more and more towards equal pay. To which, you know, even Charles Barkley said on Inside the NBA, perfectly. You know, the women are better than the men. You know, and uh, they, he doesn't even want to support the men's team. So of course, financially, I understand. You know, that the like the NBA makes more than the WNBA, and you know, men's uh, when it comes to the World Cup, FIFA Cup, you know, makes more. Okay, yeah, yeah, yada, but when it comes down to who performs better for this country, who performs better, it's not even close. So, they it was going to take a long process. It took a long time. They settled, and I don't know what the number was, but hopefully, you know, it increased their money a little bit, um, and they definitely feel more appreciated. But I definitely think, you know, it, it it could have gone a little bit differently. I heard that it wasn't the best of deals, and did it actually, you know make women more equal it may it's a step but you're but they're not there yet and i know with sports it's tough for me to say that um but that's just the case you know and there's definitely at least more women coaches are being hired in baseball and you and you hear something about a woman being hired uh, i would say every other week i was about to say every week every other week which is good uh because it's something but when it comes to women's soccer they have their day uh and they and they probably even they probably will be paid more than men's at some at some point because I, I'm always about performance based. You know, I don't care about your skin, I don't care about your gender. I care about how well do you perform, or of course, when it comes to any other societal issue, how are you as a person? So when it comes to performance based or how are you as a person, in this case, the women perform uh, and the women are better than the men. So I will, of course, you know, if if that's the case, then it doesn't make sense that one gets paid more than the other so I do definitely think that they will have their day but their day uh, is not there quite yet because this is only the step 
in the right direction, the uh, U, the U, U.S. Soccer Federation is going to make that commitment, and hopefully, you know, also the future. I mean, you see some of these kids in the U.S. They see they they probably look up to the men's soccer players and like, ah, oh, you're not that great, uh, you know. Like, there's been some embarrassing losses that they had to countries that I probably never even heard of. So, so talk about baseball with their future. Soccer might have a problem with their future. Uh, at least on the men's side, with the women's, I mean, they're, they're probably inspiring many women to, to play soccer in this country. And I don't even know what kind of leagues are out there internationally for women. I know there is for basketball, but but for when it comes to women's soccer, I feel like you know the U.S. has the best soccer league for women. Uh, and so that so, so that's going to be very weird. Soccer is not popular in this country, but it might be for women. So you almost you, you almost might have to separate it. Like soccer is somewhat popular because it's driven by one gender and which you know all even if you're good in this country i know a lot of uh, i know a lot of mayors who can be who are good in this country they mostly go to europe so uh because that's where the make the big money is and the mls is not that big of a deal it's something you know i I also heard something about the charlotte team getting sold out but again you know when it comes down to it it's not that great relief people that follow the premier league and uh series a they, they see like, ah, oh, it has ways to go. So, again, U.S. has ways to go. And, of course, when it comes to equality for women, that they still have. I, I don't want to say ways, but this is a step in the right direction. And all they have to do is to continue that momentum with, of course, different people. Because I know Alex Morgan, uh, Megan Rapoe, I know some of them are going to retire at some point. They've been playing a while. And, and when that day comes, we will celebrate them. Uh, but hopefully someone can take um, – take the the torch and pass it um and and just keep passing it along for uh, i know as they keep on fighting uh to, to when they see in their bank because they make the same or more as men then of course they it won't be an issue anymore but of course because the settlement could have been better then we, we'll probably hear some more rumblings with that that's why i have a question mark women more equal for football question mark you know uh so definitely you, you haven't heard the last i know with the settlement you usually do but in this case i'm telling you that's not the case. Uh, when it comes to the NBA, so this is the last topic now. Uh, t- uh, Tristan Thompson goes to the Bulls. Goran Dragic goes to the Nets. As Ben Simmons has not yet played for Brooklyn, and he's going to be on the bench for the Sixers game. Which you know, I am so tuned in for that game. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I'm so tuned in for that game. No question. I'm not going to the game. It's expensive, but uh, yeah, get security and. We'll see what happens when it comes to Simmons. He filed a grievance. Uh, the Sixers not having any of it, and as Sixers fans, they're not having any of it either. So he wants to get money for you know actually saying like, oh yeah, look at these fans on Thursday. You know, like I couldn't get back to that environment. You know, they they don't like me. They don't trust me. You know, like they don't support me. The team should have my back. The Sixers not going to have any of it. Um, and I and I guarantee you he is going to lose that case and. Hopefully it doesn't go further all the way to the Supreme Court. That would be too, too extreme. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, so speak of the Sixers, signs with the with the Sixers. Of course, they needed a backup center. I think he's a fine piece. Uh, you had Willie Carr sign. This is much better. He's, he's a veteran. Uh, the Sixers look very good. Very, very good. I'm not sure that they're going to win it this year, but they're totally in position to win it uh, either this year or next year, and I think it's going to be next year. But the one thing, too, speaking of the Sixers, because talk about championships, um, I didn't write this down, but I just remembered uh, Bradley Beal wants to go there. He wants to go there in the offseason. He wants to pair a big three, and Tobias wants to go 
it, it, so they want to trade Tobias. Not Tobias wants to leave. You might not have any choice because there's only one basketball. And Max has clearly stepped up into a uh, into a great, great four. Uh, and I actually think about this lineup if Beal joins it. And I'll get back to Beal in a second. Maxi, Harden, Beal. So Beal would be the small forward. Thibault, he could play the four, I guess. I mean, if you if you keep Harris, I don't know how it's going to work cap-wise. But someone plays the four and then MB at the five. Like, that's a that's a big four with Maxi. So that's a huge deal. But I hopefully it doesn't go into the route of like, oh, yeah, James Harden stomp my feet. Or Ben Simmons cry, cry, cry. And, and, and you, they have it their way. Porzingis just went there. The Wizards clearly are trying to make you happy, and they're trying to like communicate. And again, I'm getting this information from Andrew Bogut from his podcast, in which yes, we are competitors. But you know, if if he can help me out, and if I can help him out, of course, we're going to um, say it through the airways. But again, when it comes down to it, I will argue that the NBA is not a great place when it comes to his players. Bradley Beal is going to have it his way. And he's gonna and he's gonna be a, a sixer if he really wants to, and the Sixers of course have to trade more draft picks, and they probably will have to trade Harris to the Wizards or someplace else. So I would, I feel bad for Tobias by the way. Like this, he he literally is just uncomfortable with all the trade rumors. Was almost traded. And he and he knows he's not going to be there beyond this year. Like, there's no doubt he's not going to be there next year. So I kind of feel bad for him. But if that, if that actually happens, maybe you have to give up Maxi in that case. So that then it would be Harden and Bead and Bradley Beal. To which I'm not sure if I would do that. Maxi, you got to have some young guys. See, if building a team, you need to have a good balance of young guys and veterans. And that's why the Lakers just suck. I mean, Monk is young, but that wasn't homegrown, right? Tucker is young, but he's not. He's still developing. The Lakers are just bunch of veterans you need to have a balance with that so at the end of the day hopefully it doesn't happen because you know, i'm not sure the Sixers can do it it might ruin you know their their future with the draft picks and possibly tyrese Mac. there's no way that the wizards are going to complete a deal without tyrese maxi maybe even thigh ball but it's not you need to have depth too and the NBA shouldn't be just about getting big threes and i still do really believe that if you trade a bias and you get something out of him, then you can you can win a Maxi, Harden, and Embiid, to which you don't even need Bradley Beal crying and saying like, "Oh, I want to go there." Which again, I understand he wants some championships, but you you know you you should you should not sign an extension. You should become a free agent. Um, you you have to do your time as part of the collective bargaining agreement, which was bargained for by the players. And, and and that's the thing, you know, you are you you negotiate it being restricted for you get drafted by a team, and then you're a restricted free agent after your first four years. Like, why does that have to be restricted? You know, like when you're a free agent, you should be unrestricted. Football has that, unless of course with the tag. Baseball doesn't have it. Well, actually, yeah, you do have um the I forget what it's called. It's not the franchise tag, but it's um the qualifying offer. Into which you know you can decline that, and teams are more than happy to give up a second or first round pick because draft picks, you know, not as a big deal as in other sports. But again, the point is that Bradley, as long as he doesn't make a big complaint about it and become the next James Harden, Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, then that's fine. But if if it does happen like that, I'm going to be very frustrated with the NBA that it's gotten to this point. And Addison's like, oh yeah, you know, that's just who we are. Like, no, you should not want to be like that. Uh, and I might as well just give you one last standings update to 
to end this off because it's probably gonna be a while until I give another sports update. Unless like you know it's like warranted. You got of course you're gonna have free agency next week. That's gonna be very huge. And and if I absolutely need to, I will give uh, a sports update. Uh, and then also of course you know you're gonna have March Madness start and definitely fill out those brackets. Even though you have no idea what you're doing because no one's filed college basketball this year. Uh, but yeah, Miami's in first place. Sixers are three games back, and the Bucks are three and a half games back. So those are definitely the three contenders right now in the East. And Brooklyn, they're in the play-in tournament, and we'll see. Are they all going to be healthy? And the one and only Kyrie, we'll see. Because, of course, he's going to be healthy. It's just, of course, not vaccinated. Uh, you have Chicago. They're, they're a team that's going to make the second round. They're not going to make it to the third round. They have nice pieces, but, you know, they're not going to beat the three teams I just said. Boston's interesting. Cleveland's interesting. You know, Jaron Allen got hurt. And, of course, Colin Sex has been hurt for the entire year. And LeVert actually got hurt, too. He's been out. Uh, Boston, we'll see. I think they are maybe an off-season piece away from completing and getting those two guys a big three. But they've been making some noise. They've been um, in very good hands winning eight of their last ten games, just as, like, the Sixers and the Heat, so that should be very interesting, and I and I cannot wait for the playoffs. I mean, I I it, when it comes down to it, you should watch a sport, and, and and not necessarily watch the whole regular season, but watch a little bit of um the regular season just so you can get ramped ramped up for the playoffs. That's really what matters, the playoffs. Uh, Phoenix is going to be the one seed; they're eight games ahead of Memphis, who actually is the second seed. Golden State has fallen back; they've lost five in a row, uh, lost. Two of the last eight, at least from the time which I'm recording this. So that should definitely be a fight for second place between them and the Grizzlies. Uh, the Jazz is probably going to be the four or five seed because Luka's right there at the five seed. Um, Jokic is, hopefully gets out of that play-in tournament. They're two and a half games ahead of the Timberwolves. So Denver's in six, Timberwolves in seven, and of course the Clippers are in eighth. I don't know how the Lakers are in ninth. They, they should be. They should be like in 11th or 12th or something. The Pelicans are in 10th. Uh, Zion rejoins the team, which I think is such an abomination uh, that he just wants to join whenever he wants. Uh, I'm not even sure what the hell's going on with him or his foot. So uh, at least he rejoined the team. At least he rejoins CJ because CJ does uh, deserve better. But yeah, I mean, other than that, that's really it. Um, again, follow, uh, follow us uh, on the platforms that I mentioned earlier. Uh, check out different episodes we have philosophy movies sports everything interviews uh about everything about life and hopefully everyone's doing well you know i know uh we're getting back to more normal so that's good uh but it's been you know it could be tough you know dealing with school dealing with work uh dealing with external circumstances or internal uh conflicts or health or like you know injuries or whatever so hopefully everyone's doing well uh, hopefully, you know, you say hi to someone, hopefully, you know, you wish them good luck, or you, you give them good advice, or, you know, but, but again, I'm always here for you, just, I'm going to put that out there, I'm always here for you, and just keep in touch, you know, if you want to comment, if you want to give me a discussion, like, oh, you're so wrong about this, about the Batman review, let us know, let me know, let me know, uh, and definitely say, say, say hi if you haven't in a long time, or reach out to someone and say, like, you know, you should check this out. We should discuss it. Like, we're here for every reason, for all kinds of topics. So, again, appreciate everybody and all the support. Hopefully, you know, you take all this news in and you're like, oh, wow, you know, things are about to go down. And I'm glad to give it to you. So, again, uh, hopefully everyone has had a great day.
And hopefully you're going to have a, a great rest of your week. But until then, we'll see you until next one. And stay tuned for more episodes. There are great ones coming up, such as why the Eastern Coast is very stressful. You, I think you guys will like that, especially coming from Philly. But until then, stay tuned for that, and I'll see you guys soon. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at High Voltage with Double A.